Hey everyone, thanks for joining us here once again on the Collar and Elbow Wrestling Podcast. We apologize for our long delay once again in recording. We've both been battling a little bit of uh, some injuries, some hurdles we had to get over from moving to, like I said, some injury injuries and, of course, Ken's daily struggle with being deployed. But uh, like I said, thanks for coming back to talk a little bit of wrestling with us today. If you're new to the show, I do want to welcome you. Thanks for joining us. If this is a return to you, we want to thank you for being a loyal customer of our product and thanks for coming back i'm chris harris and joining me as always is going to be my boy from about eight thousand miles away is kenny oak and we are the two-man power trip of professional wrestling podcasts so bubs talk to me buddy how you doing over there uh you know it, it's it's a struggle out here like you said just the daily struggle but you know i get to see some exciting things uh it it, it could be pretty fun out here and i get to continue to watch pro wrestling but I do have a little something I, I want to say, Bubs, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Well, one of the things I wanted to say is that here at Collar and Elbow, we did not start this with the intention of making a ton of money, if making any money at all. We didn't come from some big you know, YouTube channel and try to capitalize on that channel to you know, get a bunch of views for us, you know, make money that way. You know, we're, we're not trying to make a quick buck. We're here to talk wrestling with like-minded wrestling fans like you guys that are listening to us right now and like ourselves chris and i have been wrestling fans for our whole lives and we just love talking wrestling and we're here to share our thoughts on the product and to have a good time doing it we love each and every fan that listens and we are operating so far in the red bubs but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter at all this is our passion this is the passion of so many fans that don't really have a voice out there in the pro wrestling world we want to give you guys that voice. Stick around, grow alongside with us. The journey will be one filled with some laughs, some shouting, mostly by me, which I'm doing right now. That's very true. And just a whole lot of wrestling talk. And with that being said, I am off my soapbox. Now it's good to get a soapbox in there, Bubs. Obviously, you haven't had one for a while because we've been on the grind. But uh, I know it's, it's it's been a while. Couldn't agree with you more. So I'm uh, I'm really glad to be back on this. We're starting off something special today. Obviously. So uh, with that said, actually, we are starting a four-part series today. This will be number one, focusing on WrestleMania. And I don't just mean the recent WrestleMania, WrestleMania 33, which in general was an improvement from what we saw last year because a lot of negativity last year. But uh, we'll get to that when we actually get there. But we're actually taking a bit of a step back in time, way back to 1985 to WrestleMania 1. And we'll be walking all the way through up through the grandest stages of them all, through each showcase of the Immortals, all the way up to 33. So it'll be a bit of a different approach from our, our topic shows that we've done in the past, the paper reviews of events that we've done in the past. This will be a little bit different. Um, we'll both be highlighting a lot of major di- different takeaways from our different opinions because obviously very subjective wrestling is everyone has their own opinions and views. So you're going to hear a lot of stuff on those. Um, a lot of the goods. And, and, the and I am full of opinions. So oh, yeah. and we'll be prepared for that. Some heel work on his side over there. Yeah. So. Both some good and the bad. We'll be discussing some of the biggest moments, some of the better moments, some of the worst moments. But in general, uh, some of the biggest things that we remember from all these major events, and that is WrestleMania. Like I said, today we're going to be focusing on episode one. It's going to be the focus of WrestleMania one through nine. It's a lot of the golden era. It's a lot of Hogan. The Hogan era, that's what I call it. It's okay. It's the Hogan era. A lot of Savage, a lot of some of our older guys that we do like. But uh, we did a lot of research on this one. This one has taken us a while to actually do. That's a little bit of the reason why we've been uh, pushing this one off a little bit. But uh, we're done with that. We're going to start here on episode one. And, Bubs, I think if you're ready, 
Let's uh, let's go back, way back, March thirty first, nineteen eighty five. You ready for it? Yeah, I I think I'm ready, but man, I have to tell you, it it was kind of a struggle uh, going back and watching some of these uh, older events. You know, a lot of people talk, you know, in you know with their nostalgia glasses on about how great you know this era of wrestling was, but oof, I tell you, it was not easy to go back to. I think that considering that you and I have to go back to researching stuff like this before we were even born, it's really hard for us to have much of an appreciation like older guys really do because we're going back we're, I mean the camera work the production it was just all lacking way back then so it's it's definitely taken in a different context now and it was hard it's hard to say well that was that ring work was great that this move was great that spot was good it's because this really wasn't the era of that and it's just it's totally different wrestling way back then so it, it, it was hard but I mean there's definitely some good things we took away from this but uh, in a lot of this era there's a lot more I don't want to say more bad than good but it's easy to pick out some of the, the worst things, I think. Yeah, and I think what the issue is is that we we've grown up, you and I, in an era where you know we appreciate mat work really more than we appreciate the entertainment side of the business. Do, do you agree with me on no, that? Now, then, now for sure, yeah. Yeah. So when when you go back to watch these uh, older events, and especially the first few WrestleManias, uh, one in particular. Uh, two had, you know, a lot more matches, but uh, it's not until three and four where WrestleMania starts really becoming more of a uh, wrestling event. But it's just all about the entertainment aspect. Yeah. Uh, and that that's really hard to get into this kind of event, especially WrestleMania one, where there's so much emphasis on the pop culture icons of the time, which we, you know, weren't there at the time to really appreciate right and in this era i think it and it worked out because vince mcmahon would have taken advantage of some of these these icons at the time like there's mr t in here obviously muhammad ali there's a lot of mtv cindy lopper cindy yeah. lopper and even using billy martin which was a, a bit of a stretch but i mean to, to bring in you know icons like that that draw a different crowd to his event to make it it really it wasn't a wrestling event it was in an entertainment event with uh, with matches that were going on in it, and that that took place right. even in the second one a little bit too, and and it continued on, and we even see it, although in today there's they add in different bands and things like that, so it's always been there, but it really started here with the emphasis of that, and not so much of a wrestling event where the work is going to be what you go back and watch it for. It's really not there. Yeah, well, uh, nowadays you know in a WrestleMania, uh, like like if you look at. You know, WrestleMania from this year, the first match, AJ Styles on the main card, AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. That was, you know, about a 20-minute long match. Uh, mm -hmm. The longest match on this card was the main event with between Hogan and Mr. T and Piper and Orndorff. Right. And that was 13 minutes long. Right. So you, you have a three-hour show with, with the longest actual wrestling match being only barely 13 minutes. Yeah. So it definitely wasn't something you're going to tune in for. But if you were a Hogan fan like everybody was back then, this was your cup of tea. Oh, absolutely. And we might have oh, fit yeah, right Hogan. into that category. Had we been born you know, in the in the mid-'70s, this could have been our stuff right here. We could have been all about Oh, yeah, Hogan I would have been just, a huge Hogan fan. Yeah, and him just being with Mr. T, going up and they're doing this you know, super face persona and going up against heels. That was That's all you wanted back then. That's why the pop yeah. for Hogan was so strong. So, uh, so what are some of your takeaways from this very first WrestleMania? 
I mean, there's really no match in here that I really liked really whatsoever. The, what I made take takeaway that, that I got from this was just the creation of the event itself and what Vince, Vince did, because it really was a, a, um, a counter attempt to Jim Crockett and, and Starcade, because Starcade had already been started up like three years before this or two years before this. And that was a successful event for the NWA, WCW. I'm so, pretty sure Starcade started in 83. So yeah, two years okay. before this. So this was, they had to do something on that magnitude to get on this level. And um, the fact that it was seen by, you know, over a million people on the closed circuit network back then is, is a spectacle, you know, for, for that kind of television. So the production of it, to put it on, to actually make it work the way it worked, even though there's nothing in here wrestling-wise that I care about, I mean, that is a good takeaway. But uh, aside from that, I don't like the fact that this is the only, this is the only WrestleMania that the, the WWE title wasn't defended. So I don't like that Hogan right. didn't, didn't put the title on because they used him in this Mr. T and him tag team version for just a, but that, you know, that that's what really that's what it needed to be for this time. Yeah, I mean, it, that, that's what the show was was all about. It, it wasn't about the match quality or even the build up to any of these matches. No, it was no about the pageantry. Up. That mm -hmm. is WrestleMania, and this is really what set the standard for what to expect in the coming years. Yeah, and this was, I mean, kayfabe was really alive back then. It stayed alive through a lot of these WrestleManias, so if you had your favorite guy, you were all about watching him. So you can go back and watch Ricky Steamboat and, on this card and say, damn, he's a good performer, because he is. I think Mike yep. Rotunda is a little bit underrated as well. I don't think he got enough recognition as an early wrestler. But um, That's just a in it's a very familiar name, that Rotunda name. I wonder oh, it is. if we know yeah, anybody. He, he, might, uh, he might have produced some, uh, some good children down the road. Oh, okay. Well, we'll we might get to that later on. We have to, might have to Google search that. But even before he was the IRS gimmick, Mike Rotunda was pretty good in the ring. So th that was something that was decent to watch. But uh, aside from that, I don't want to see Andre the Giant in the ring too much. I don't want to see John Studd in the ring. Nothing against those guys, but they just don't do it for me because this is in our era. So, well, uh, good news. In, in a couple WrestleManias, you'll, you'll get one of those guys in the main event. Oh, good. I'm glad. But uh, yeah. those are my takeaways, really. That's really all I got. Was a, lot of, a lot of heel face stuff was going on and no WWF title defense by Hogan. There wasn't a whole lot to take away from this event, especially for me. It, it was a seminal event for sure for the company but it's probably one of the hardest events to go back and watch now mm. especially since we weren't alive during that time period you know yeah. a lot of the pop culture stuff we wouldn't really understand not that we wouldn't understand but we really wouldn't be into we don't really have a a personal feeling towards yeah, there's no connection so, there for us now so yeah and that's what the whole go. event was about was having that pop culture connection yeah so it's really unfair for us to say we don't have an appreciation for it, but to look back on it now, we, we really don't because we weren't there. But had we been there, I probably would have marked out for some stuff because I probably would have been a Hogan kid back then. I don't know. Oh, I definitely would have been a Steamboat kid. Like, yeah. absolutely. Well, I've always really been a big fan of Matchwork, and yeah. he was the best. He is one of the most underrated ever. But uh, we've talked about that. We'll talk about it again. I think but, we have. Yeah. Um, that's really all I got for number one, Bubs. Yeah, really, that's absolutely all All I really wanted to bring up for uh, WrestleMania 1 was just the spectacle that it was, the, the pageantry involved, and really it set the tone for what we, we were to expect from WrestleMania from here on out. Yeah, and I'm glad it actually worked because we, we love it every year. We look forward to it every year, even though they're not the best events sometimes, but it's still going to be the biggest draw every year, and I'm glad it's turned out that way. And this one worked a lot of pop culture, and it led us, to number two in uh, 1986 it was a little bit weird. 
This one was yeah, very, very weird. weird. Um, I don't like it. Three different cards. I didn't like it either. Three different cards. Three different venues. It even happened on a on a Monday. So Ugh. this was um, you know maybe just an attempt by Vince McMahon to try something new like that. Well, you uh, know, WrestleMania one worked so well for him, and mm-hmm. so. I mean, do do you blame the guy because yeah, you, you have an event like that. You really you you put it all out on the table. You you, you put all your eggs in the one basket. You, you lay your you know mm-hmm. grapefruits down for all the world to see, and it works. Hell yeah. So now you think, well, how much further can I push the boundaries? And I don't know if this is the next logical leap in uh, in ideas, but I mean, he went. He went yeah. all in and said, what's better than having it in one place than having it in multiple places? Right. I think the big leap in that aspect took place at number three when they chose the venue for three. This was a bit of a gamble, though. But there were still people that right. um, I, I think every event place was still sold out because uh, all, the, all the ones except for, like, I think, number 13 were sold out. So this one would have been sold out as well. So people were there. And um, there was a little bigger card. This one, like I said, had uh, had three different cards. There were four matches on it each. But uh, just in general, I, I just didn't like it. It was hard to watch again as well. But this one was on pay-per-view, so it was good for him to get on the pay-per-view market back then. And so, I mean, and from that aspect, it took off. I don't have the, the money buys for it, so I don't know the success of it. But, I mean, you got to say it worked. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it emanated from three separate cities, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, and it was actually uh, one of only two times WrestleMania has been in Chicago. WrestleMania was also in Chicago at WrestleMania 13. Uh, but this, uh, th- there were some key key points to bring up with uh, this WrestleMania. Uh, one of the uh, ones that I noticed was that this was the first, you know, this is where Jake the Snake made his WrestleMania debut. And then, I know, and he would make his final debut. You know, not his final debut, his final appearance 10 years later at WrestleMania 12. Uh, and also, Bret Hart made his WrestleMania debut at WrestleMania 2 in, in little-known little known matches, really. Right. And it's it's hard to keep up with all the action in this one because not, not that there was a lot of action, because there really isn't. Yeah. But it was just, there was a lot to take in with this one. This one, this one was weird to say anything else. I mean, ah, there was a boxing match, you know. Yes. There was. I mean, again, that's, that's a leap. That's a leap by Vince, I think, to do something a little bit different because he had two guys that were recognizable this time. Obviously, using Mr. T and Roddy Piper, people knew these guys, right. so this worked. And he started the Andre the Giant um, Battle Royal, which we have now called we've now called that the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. But the first initial one was here. Which was won by him, which like you like you mentioned, yeah. Bret Hart was in. He was Bret the last Hart, guy to, yeah. to be eliminated in it. But I mean, there's there's a lot of younger guys here that, that I like to watch. The matches in particular here were not that good, but I mean, who doesn't like Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid and even both uh, the, and the Hart Foundation themselves? So there's a lot of guys here that you can recognize, and you're like, oh man, I want to go back and watch these. But again, there's not a lot here that you're like, oh man, I should go back and watch this match because there wasn't any of that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of recognizable names, guys who have really put in a lot of good uh, mat work, but they just didn't have the time, you know, dedicated to put on good matches. You had guys like Randy yeah. Savage, you know, defending the icy strap. Like you said, the British Bulldogs were uh, in action. Ricky yeah. Steamboat was in action, and these guys were only given, 
you know, five, seven minutes at the most. Right. You even had Terry Funk. Terry Funk was there. Yeah, that's right. Him and so Olaf. Yeah. So so you have a lot of a lot of good talent there. You're just not intermingling it correctly, mm-hmm. I guess if you uh, I mean there was just too much crap to digest. I mean it was very ambitious for the for the WWF at the time, but I, I feel like it just missed the mark completely. And if, if Vince is anything, he's ballsy and right. he, he laid it all out on the table for this. He did. He, he spread his wings far and wide because, like you said, they went to L.A., they went to Chicago. They spread themselves all over the map, but they didn't give the guys the real opportunity to, to really do anything. And, and we, we finally get to see a real main event in this one because we get Hogan defending the title in a cage match against King Kong Bundy. But that match is, is short, too. It was no less than like a 12-minute match or something. It was a pretty short match, if I remember. But once Hogan goes over, obviously, there's no surprise there. But uh, there wasn't there wasn't a chance here for guys to go on and put on you know match stealing or card stealing matches with anybody, and it really isn't until you know once we get to WrestleMania three that we start seeing you know the advent of you know the show the show stealing matches, mm-hmm. and I, I think everyone knows what we're going to talk about when we get there. But yeah. you know people were given time to work, and when when you're given time to two you know amazing in-ring technicians you know magic will happen yeah but leave it to vince though he, he went out here and did this battle royal as well it brought in guys from the nfl some more recognizable names again you know to pull in maybe a little bit of a different audience but it, it was just it was just a really widespread event by itself that didn't click didn't allow anyone to click and even looking at all these great uh guys on here that we like like savage and 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 excuse me and and Jake Roberts and Steamboat, their matches and who they're matched up with, it's just hard to expect a good match out of that. So, really trash. Didn't like it. That's all I got. <laughs> Man, and, and I thought I was going to be the heel on this one. You're you're tearing them apart. Well, there's only a couple of these that I actually truly do not like, and I can't go back and watch number two again. So, no, I I barely even could watch it this time around. Oh, it was. I am glad I wasn't a wrestling fan back then and would have spent money on this yeah because i would have begged and pleaded to spend money on this and i think my parents would have hated me i i I like this next wrestlemania quite a bit oh yeah there's a lot there's a lot of good stuff to talk about here um wrestlemania 3 1987 they did the pontiac silverdome so yes they put ninety three thousand plus people in this thing that was ninety three one seven three. Okay, all those people. Vince put all those people in this <laughs> in this giant dome. And he, I mean, that's a that was a record, obviously, for the time for an indoor event. Uh, I think in, only in North America. I think London had that yeah. beat out. But and it wasn't it wasn't beaten until like one of the most recent uh, All Star NBA oh, yeah, 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 All Star. I think it was two thousand ten. Yeah. So there's a lot of people, and this was also bought by millions of people. Pay per view buys did. Well, by this as well. Uh, this this one worked. The card is mostly garbage, aside from a couple key points and key takeaways in here that we're always going to remember. Yeah, there 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 was a lot of uh, good moments here in this. This was really the first WrestleMania that produced those uh, you know quote unquote WrestleMania moments. Uh, like you said, they had huge attendance there, largest attendance to that point and really lasted for a long time. Uh, you had 
Ricky Steamboat versus uh, Randy Savage for the IC title. Uh, you had the you know first ever WrestleMania moment, which was Hogan body slamming Andre the Giant. Uh, one of the more famous matches in WrestleMania history was here, uh, pitting King Kong Bundy and two midgets mm-hmm. against Hillbilly Jim and yeah. two other midgets. I think Little so, Beaver was on that squad. Yes, Little, Little Beaver. Beaver, Little Tokyo, Lord Littlebrook. I like how you have the names. Good. <laughs> and Haiti Kid. Okay. So, one person that did not have a short name. Yeah. So that that's Vince being Vince, you know. Any kind of en- entertainment sells. But it, this was also the only WrestleMania which did not have a tag team championship match. Interesting. I, I think yeah. they could have probably used that as an addition to to maybe bolster the card a little bit. But but yeah, lot, lots of good moments. And I know you know we've been dying to talk about the uh, the Ricky Steamboat match. Yes, we've been uh, we've been waiting to bring this one up. Steamboat versus Savage, highly, highly regarded, considered one of the best matches of all time, one of the best WrestleMania matches, of course, of all time. Yes, it was pretty much 100% scripted, mostly by Savage. Shut up, I don't care about it. They performed it so well that I will go back and watch this choreo- choreographed magic over and over again. That's how I feel. Uh, I, I have a quick question for you. Do, do you like watching movies? Uh, yes, I enjoy movies. Oh, uh, did, did you realize that all movies are scripted almost 100%. Um, what? I know. Okay. You still enjoy them, though, right? I do. I enjoy them. Oh, okay. So, yes. This match was completely scripted. Who cares? This was a fantastic match. Not everyone can put together a match quite like these two can. You have one guy, Ricky Steamboat, who for years and years has, has proven that he is one of, if not the best in-ring performer of that generation. Absolutely. You have Randy Savage, who who understood the ring psychology better than almost anyone else in the world at the time. Mm-hmm. So when you put those two in the ring you know, together, you know, it makes magic. And that's what this match was. It was absolute magic. You know, from start to finish, these guys put on uh, a clinic. I uh, could have could have done without George the Animal Steel. Like, okay, I understand with the build with the build to the match why he was in there, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I could have done without that. But other than that, it, this this match was flawless. Yeah, this was the very first uh, show stealer match. Yes, uh, of absolutely. all time, and it, it'll always be the one that pretty much all those are really compared to, and it really should always be. Because this thing is so good. We're not just overhyping it like everyone talks about this match. It's actually that damn good. So if you haven't seen it, my God, go check it out. It's it's the reason to go back and watch. And, and before I b- before I watched it for the first time, you know, I heard all the talk. You know, people talking about how great this match is. You know, oh, it, it's it's one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. So you know, before I watched it for the first time, I already went in thinking I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah, in this match. However, watching it for the first time, this wasn't. I'm I'm going back in time, but mm-hmm. the first time I watched, it, I remember going, "Wow, like this is what it should always be." Right. This like, is this really is the good. benchmark. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the benchmark set by these two that everyone should then follow. And it really was. I mean. 
prior to this, the card is not very good. You'll get some guys that like the Heart Foundation really, really hard, and they'll go back and watch this versus the Bulldogs. It's an okay match. It's a little shorter. They could have made that one longer. Those guys can go all day. But, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, this is the reason to go back and watch WrestleMania 3. Yeah, you, you want to see the moment, and you want to see the, the body slam, and you want to see the leg drop by Hogan, but that match is no good. It's really no, the just, match was absolute trash. It's really just the moment you're looking for. And uh, aside from that, unless you're a mark for Nikolai Volkov or the Iron Sheik, there's nothing in between <laughs> any of that. So this yeah. is this is. Or or if you're a big fan of the Honky Tonk Man, you could have been a Honky guy. He was a good Intercontinental Champ, but but yeah, uh, go back and watch this one. It's worth it. The, the rest of the card isn't necessarily good, but seeing ninety three thousand, seeing the spectacle that the Vince put on in this one, this this is good for the. For the moment, it's a very good moment at WrestleMania. I, I think that this could easily be like if someone says, "I'm going to go back and watch all the WrestleManias." I think this is the one where we can be like, "Just start at three. Yeah. Like honestly, if if you want to get the like the true WrestleMania feel, and you want to watch all, just just start with three. That was the first one that had the, the true. <clears throat> full-on wrestlemania like this like like now when we watch a wrestlemania like this was the first one where it was like this this is a big deal yeah this means something the other the other two prior to this they kind of really just feel like saturday night main events they have the same kind of look the same type of production yeah, stuff that goes on so same not, matchwork yeah you're not missing any great matchwork like we've already said so feel free to start at three and you, you might be disappointed if you watch the entire card but there's some good stuff to pick out and if you everybody's seen the Hogan moment, but it, it's a really good moment to see. Yeah, and uh, and once again, just go watch that Steamboat Savage match. Uh, highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't already seen it. Uh, but the next WrestleMania, WrestleMania Four, have some have some pretty interesting facts about okay. this one. Okay. Uh, with WrestleMania Four, uh, this was held at Trump Plaza. It was. As it was called. It's. It's not actually called Trump Plaza. I don't remember what the. It's the Atlantic actual City Convention name. Hall. Yes, that's what it is. But it's deemed Trump Plaza just because President Trump uh, was working with McMahon at the time, and you know he was the sponsor. So mm. all that. Anyway, WrestleMania Four, believe it or not, was the first time the WWF Championship changed hands at WrestleMania. Right. Oh, if if everyone remembers, that was anybody. yeah. Yeah, it was uh, really. I think it was no, it was defended. It was defended at WrestleMania three, but yeah, this was it was vacant. They had the tournament for it, kind of a convoluted tournament, if you ask me. Yeah. Some of the matches they had, like the Jake the Snake uh, draw, you know, so that right. meant the next person got to buy anything like. But mm. whatever. First, first WrestleMania where the title changed hands. Uh, it had 15 matches, Bubs. 15. Yeah, this was a huge card. Most of any WrestleMania event. Mm. This is a funny little note, and I'm not sure if you picked up on it. You might have because you have a pretty sharp eye, but Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth wore different outfits for each of the each four time. matches. They yes. were. Yeah. I knew Elizabeth How great did. is that? I wasn't sure if Savage did, but that's amazing because he would. I love it. I mean, he he's he's really I think the MVP of that era. He did really. He obviously went through this entire card. He's on here four times, so yeah, it's four a, matches. He's he's a hefty winner. You, so I like to see that kind of. If you were a big fan in, in this era, I would imagine you would think that you're expecting Hogan to get back to the top, but 
you know, a little swerve oh. there in the booking by, for him and Andre the Giant to, uh, to double DQ double, themselves. Double DQ. And it's all Ted DiBiase. That, that was the... Right? Getting his yep, little he, moment there. He orchestrated. Yeah. You know, the one guy that you would think <clears throat> would have won a title just because of his Hill character, like his character, like, seems like it would be perfect for it. And we've talked about this mm-hmm. before. Uh, but I, I, I thought this would have been a great way for DiBiase to win the title. Uh, you know, using his money, using Andre the Giant. But I mean, you can't, you can't argue with putting the title on Randy Savage. No, and it almost seemed like, and it, it, well, it's hard for me to say this, but from the perspective of looking back on it now, it seems like there was a, a hesitancy to put the title on on heel, true heel characters for. You know the lack of marketing or merchandise that you can get by doing it with big face guys like like what Hogan was, of course, and what uh, Savage was. So I think that played a little bit of a part in it as well that he'd actually work as the better champion. Not that DiBiase didn't deserve it because I definitely think his character would have worked for it. But I'm not sure. That's just how I looked at it from that that on that angle. Well, I think uh, the DiBiase character could have been uh, could have done well for marketing. I'm and I'm sure you know he did. You know when they came out with a million million dollar title Ooh, the belt yeah i'm sure yeah I'm, sh- I'm sure that did well marketing wise and just you know he, he had a pretty decent look and he was a great talker oh yeah but i mean when you have a guy like randy savage like when you talk about someone who deserves a run with a title he is someone who deserves that run yeah he's one of those top guys who never had never had the opportunity so it's a shame this could have been his his chance here now, one of the things I want to talk about in this WrestleMania is really the start of too much Brutus Beefcake. Okay. Because <laughs> it was at this WrestleMania that he takes the title off of the Honky Tonk Man. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you got too much beefcake. You don't, you don't want to Too anymore. much beefcake. Like five, four or five WrestleManias. It's just, there's just too much beefcake. I know that he was a, he was, you know, Hulk Hogan's best friend at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, so that would work. That led, yeah, yeah, but God, I was not a fan. On a, on a also a negative side, I'm going to go ahead and drop this little piece here that I didn't like. WrestleMania three, there was ninety three thousand plus in attendance. WrestleMania four had nineteen thousand people in it. Yeah. So if, if you're Vince and you realize I can sell out the Silverdome and put that many people in it, so why? Am and I, I think gonna, five had even less. Five had less people because it was in the same exact place. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm not sure exactly why that was the case. That seems like something Vince would have been on top of. I consider that's pretty, it's got to be bad business. I'm not sure why you wouldn't want to get towards that, you know, basketball arena size place at, at a minimum or bigger. I, but, I just uh, feel like he, he made the decision that, you know, either DiBiase or uh, Savage was going to win the title. And I honest, I just feel like maybe he didn't think they had the drawing power. Because you didn't have Hogan in the main event. Hogan's a, a known commodity, a known draw. You know Hogan can fill out, you know, 90,000, you know, seat stadium. Yeah. And at that point, he, you know, he has to be thinking it's more on Hogan than it is on the brand itself. Because now WrestleMania can sell, sell out, you know, 60,000 seats just with the name WrestleMania alone. Yeah. Back then, it, it didn't have that kind of name yet. It, it hadn't quite built that reputation yet. And you have a guy like 
you have guys like Savage and uh, and uh, DiBiase who are going to be in the main event, and I just don't feel like he thought it was going to draw. And plus, maybe the tournament aspect he felt probably might not have been a huge draw either. I mean, people didn't know that Hogan wasn't going to win it yet because Co- Hogan and DiBiase and uh, Andre the Giant were in the tournament as slotted facing off against each other. So people would have still been drawn well, yeah, the, by the, the Hogan the people factor. Wouldn't have, the people didn't know that he was going to win, but the guy, the, the people running the show did. Yeah. And yeah. I feel that they just couldn't pull the trigger on mm-hmm. something like that without okay. knowing that he is going to be in the main event. And I actually think the tournament was a, a good idea from the aspect of it adds a piece of unknown to it. So you're bringing in right. guys that, that might not be Hogan fans, but they're going to be a DiBiase fan or they're going to be a Savage fan. So they're going to go in, in hopes that they can watch their guy go through this entire tournament and get to the top and, and obviously win. Yeah, and, you know, hooray for all the Randy Savage fans. You know, this was his first uh, title reign, and you know, he held it. I think, he, yeah, he held it coast to coast. Yeah, he went to the next WrestleMania. Yeah, and from everything I read, he was one of the best drawing, you know, champions, you know, besides Hogan. I have to imagine he really. was at that time, yeah. Yeah. But this, I mean, this, this card is built heavily around, obviously, the tournament, so there really isn't much else to the card itself. Yeah. There, you do get a little bit of a Ultimate Warrior if you're that guy. He goes up against Hercules, but that match isn't very good. Yeah, um, I don't care about that. I do want to say that Demolition is underrated. They never get enough talk for being the good champions that they were because that match wasn't too bad. But aside from that, this is a Randy Savage-built pay-per-view and yes. the event built around Randy Savage. So not too bad. I like the ending. I like him winning. Um, I think the venue could have been better. I think they could have done a lot a lot more with it and got made more money of it. But yeah, uh, the venue was was really weird, and then the the fans kind of felt like they weren't all that into it. Yeah, really. But, but nothing we can do about that now, I guess. No. So they they move on to, to number five, and it's you know same we're, location. We're in Atlantic City. There is less attendance reported in this one, but this was um the they did a this was a good draw. This is where you this is where I think a lot of attention was put in to pre-WrestleMania marketing of the product because they use the Mega Powers Collide slogan on this one for Hogan versus Savage. And I have to imagine that that drew a lot of people because, you know, you get former really good friends, former both can draw obviously really well. And uh, to use that slogan for a a lot of them, it's a better part of the WrestleMania year towards the... Absolutely. I think that really worked. uh, And and one of the, uh, you know, I love my interesting facts. Hmm. Uh, interesting uh, debuts here. This was uh, Shawn Michaels and Big Boss Man's WrestleMania debuts. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and they wrestled each other. Go figure. Yeah. It was the Rockers versus the. Were they called the Twin Tower? No. Were they called the. The Twin Tower? Yeah, yeah, boss, yep, boss they were the Twin Tower. And, yeah. and Akeem, the African Dream, the Twin Towers. Hmm. Uh, they actually went over on the Rockers. Which they I was kind of surprised that they yeah, would. Yeah, I think that this was a time when they still could have. I could have seen the Rockers going over on this one. There wasn't a push for Bossman or Akeem after this, so I'm not sure what the angle was there. And then you, the, you had the Bushwhackers mm-hmm. on the 
on this one. Is this, uh, not, I was a big fan of the is this not Owen Hart's first WrestleMania? Yes, he was the Blue Blazer going against Mr. Right, Perfect. That's right. I knew he fought Perfect, so I had this had to be his first one. So, yes, I forgot to add that to my interesting notes. Good, good yes, pickup. Yes, go Blazers. Yes, it was actually a pretty good match. Those two, I mean, Blue be, Blazer God, pretty much dominated two? the entire time. I would have loved to have seen them go at it like this a couple years later down the road because they're both amazing yes. in the ring. So give them more time. Owen was so young. He uh, was. Yeah, this, he this was one, flipping around. He was, yeah, was a for a guy his size. He could flip around. Craziness. He had a lot of uh, a lot of agility. I liked it. Big fan of Owen. Yes. And he another guy who made our underrated list. He did. We did that. Uh, ooh, you had Rick Rude versus uh, Ultimate Warrior for the Intercontinental Championship. That's right. And this was interesting because uh, not only did Rick Rude win with the help of his manager, uh, what was it? I think it was. That's Bobby Heenan. Uh, was it? Yeah. Heenan. It was he's Bobby a, he's Heenan. everywhere in the card, yeah. Yes. Uh, this was the first ever pinfall loss for mm. Ultimate Warrior, for Warrior. in the WWE. Yeah. You know? He was booked to be and very strong. He was, and then after this, he did the uh, gorilla press on Heenan, and that actually, uh, I believe it dislocated a shoulder of Heenan's, or maybe broke a rib. Yeah, I don't remember. He, he had remember some kind of injury. Broke anything. I remember he got fucked up. I don't remember reading if it was serious or not. And then he then he went on to wrestle the <laughs> Red Rooster. <laughs> he wrestled the Rooster. For 31 seconds, he, he wrestled... The oh. Brawler gets a, an appearance there too. Yes. The but, Red Rooster. Yeah, this is this is a pretty good card. This was this was bigger. So this was I think I like bigger cards when they're not you know stupid matches. But this was like thirteen. I had it pulled at fourteen matches on here, and some of this is crap. Uh, the Heart Foundation yeah. Junior once again they're working hard, so there's good stuff to see there. Yeah, Jake yeah. the Snake beating Andre the Giant, but any anything involving match, Andre. Not a lot to say there, but one thing I've noticed in these early WrestleMania cards, and it's something that really was getting on my nerves as I was researching and rewatching these. There are a lot of either DQs or countouts. Yeah. Like it's insane. And I think I think six is the worst one. I think six had like the most countouts. And even today that is something that you and I will both absolutely complain about, especially at pay per view matches for feuds, is to see matches ending like that. On major pay-per-views. Oh yes, it's, it's absolute terrible. garbage. But uh, I hate it, it. It's a terrible way to end a feud. Uh, there's no blow-off. You can't say, "Oh, well, this person won the feud." Or... Yeah. And then I, I guess I can understand if they're like they want to keep the people looking strong. I get that, but yeah, you know, WrestleMania is when you want to see someone's you know, got over. Yeah. Yeah. You you want to see a, cl- a climax. Yeah. You want to see a finish. But even in this one, there's not. A, I mean, again, I'm waiting for good match work, and they're just. It's just so sporadic in these early yeah. ones to find. I think Perfect and Blazer could have been. Had they let that go longer, that one could have been it. But um, there's there's decent tag team work in here, like the Brainbusters are in here, the Heart Foundation. But uh, the guys are teamed up with. There's just not you know so much to work with where you want to look forward to it. Yeah, but, and then. Uh, the the main event itself was was decent enough. I mean, any anything involving Macho Man, you know, the way he orchestrates matches, he's just so good. Like yeah. I said, at the in ring psychology, uh, the 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 finish uh, where he hits the hits the elbow drop and then 
Hogan Hulk up. Yeah. And then I I just I hate it. I hate Hogan how I know. Uh, was, he's the most overbooked person in wrestling history. You could see the writing yes. on the wall for, you know, big super face Hogan. He's he's in the spotlight, he's gonna go over. There's no way he's gonna lose in a main event like this, especially to Savage. You could just see it and I hate that you can predict it even way back then. I'm just not And then the, the thing uh, even, even when Hogan lost, he would it, it looked like a fluke. You know, as as soon as the ref would hit three, he would like jump off and jump up, you know, yeah. off the ground and be like, "Oh, three! Oh no!" That's what he does the year after this. Not a three. I I know. That's mm-hmm. why I'm bringing it up. I'm foreshadowing here a yeah, bit. I like it. Uh, w- when he did lose, like he he still was booked strong, even in a loss, he yeah. was booked stronger than the person that beat him. No, not at all. But he was and, such a drop up than all the merch revolves around him. I understand him, so. that, but I, I'm ranting right now, no, I and I, I'd appreciate it if you didn't interrupt me. Okay, I'll give That'd you one nice. second. So with with Hogan, like I understand that he's a huge draw, and I understand the money that can be made from this one singular individual. And this is something that I've brought up to you before, you know, last year, years ago, is that. Yes, it's great to have your your big draw, you know, your Hogan that can bring in, you know, X amount of money. But the the issue with that is that you book that one person to be so strong that you don't have other people that in case something happens to him. What if Hogan, you know, tore a bicep or, you know, his quad, you know, he pulled a Triple H and he was gone for for a year. You didn't have someone that you could just insert into that spotlight because you're not you're you're too busy building that one person instead of building other people up to be on the same level. Look at what happened when Seth Rollins in 2015. It was 2015 was the year of Seth Rollins. He went down. Oh shit, we got nothing. We have Sheamus. Only person. Yeah, we have Sheamus to to bring us to Roman. And uh, that's just my that's my Hogan rant for right now. And I'll I'll probably rant some more when we're talking about WrestleMania six. But it all makes sense because they go into a lull once Hogan leaves, and we have this kind of dead era before we get the top goodness of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Like, we go through Bob Backlund, and we go through a little bit of Diesel. Like, there's no other top guy. So you're making sense. It's just, you know, you're, you're not Vince, so I'm sorry that I couldn't book yeah, you. You're right. I'm, <laughs> I mean, and I don't have the look of a Roman, so. Yes. But um, that's really that's really all I got on five. I know you want to move on to six. So if you got six ready, then... I do. I really I really like six. Um, we had you know, boom, Dusty Rhodes okay. was at WrestleMania six. He was there. Uh, yes. It was the first ever mixed tag team match. Yep. When hit when him and Sapphire took on Randy Savage and the Sensational Sherry. Queen Sherry, uh, she's such a queen. Well, not at this time. I think she it was, was still. Queen Sherry. I mean, she's like, amazing. I feel like Love her so was... much. Macho King, then, but not at this time. No? It, it's after this. Okay. Yeah, he, he's Macho King for WrestleMania Seven. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Big card here to talk about. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Andre the Giant ended his association with Bobby Heenan at this WrestleMania. Uh, it was the first WWE pay per view. Well, they didn't really hold a lot of pay per views, but it was the first one held outside of the United States. Yep. And it Big drew 67,678 fans at the Toronto Sky Dome, home of the Toronto Blue Jays. A lot of good stuff happening here. This is the first uh, 
Obviously, the, the main event is a big draw to this as well. I think we'll obviously talk about that. I know you want to talk about... Really? Brutus. I think this was the best main event yet. Oh, th- this one probably was, but let's not forget about Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> he was definitely there. He was, and he's... I'll give you a little interesting fact that you may or may not have. He was the... He beat this, the first person to beat Mr. Perfect. He was in an actual televised match, and I love it. Perfect. Why? Perfect. No, that is so. Oh, <laughs> I I hate it. Why are you going to something like he's called Mister Perfect? Yep. He's undefeated. Why are you going to have him lose to Brutus the Barber Beefcake? Because like, this we're is putting it, him over. <laughs> he doesn't need to be put over. <laughs> he doesn't. God damn it. Ah. <laughs> we also had the Rockers getting beat again. Once again, Shawn Michaels can't beat. buy a win. I know. He has the worst record He's so terrible in WrestleMania. WrestleMania. <laughs> He's, Mr. WrestleMania is the worst at WrestleMania. Uh, but why not have him lose to the Orient Express, though, right? That's it. Like, that sounds, uh, you're right, Mr. Fuji. That sounds He's, about right. Oh, a lot of Fuji the, going forward here, too. A lot of Fuji. You know, a potential match stealer. Uh, we had the Twin Towers. They split up, and, and they wrestled each other. Big boss man versus Akeem. A whole... Whole two minutes long. That was, yeah, that was like a 30 second match, and I'm a boss man, guys. That was not one to go back and watch. So late in the card, too. Terrible shape at the time. Don't act, definitely. don't act like <laughs> Jimmy Snuka and Rick Rude shouldn't have been a longer match, though. Like, oh, absolutely. That shit should have been potential match stealing as well. I love Rick Rude. Uh, I think Jimmy Snuka is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he was a product at the time, but he he had the ability to put on a fantastic match. Yeah, but I think Rick Rude was definitely someone who was supremely underrated during this time. We have like, a million dollar belt on here too. Let's not forget about DiBiase once again yes, going over right. late in the card. Jake, Jake the Snake once Jake again. To, God, I need Jake Roberts to win more. Jesus, he he does not win. At WrestleMania. It just does not happen. He doesn't need it. He doesn't. No. And we've talked about this. Some people just don't need to win. Yeah. Uh, but the the real reason why everyone was there for WrestleMania 6, and it was such a great build. And the way, and, and this, this absolutely proves my point uh, of what I just said why you need to build other people other than just one person. You know, we had the first ever split crowd. Yeah. Legitimately split. Half- yep. Yep. 50-50 Warrior, 50-50 Hogan. And the crowd loved it. And even when Warrior got the win, the the whole crowd popped. Because I think it was a little bit unexpected. But, I mean, God, it was such a good decision to put him over at this point. And the crowd is, this is one of those early, like, really loud crowds. This might have been the earliest big crowd where they're actually super loud and really like, Yes, this was definitely the first WrestleMania where I noticed the crowd level, for sure. Yeah. And this didn't and, like, go they on, were, yeah, exactly. This didn't, this didn't go unnoticed either. Like, this is finally when we get to see PWI starting to recognize something good about WWE instead of putting down their fucking products because they named this the match of the year. Now, the match work isn't the best between these two because they're not individually great by any means, but there was a lot of charisma in that ring. Yes. A lot of work in the crowd. There was a lot of, uh, I'm stronger than you are. No, you're not. Yes, I am. 
So Pretty I was much into the it. The whole warrior gimmick is playing to the crowd. All he does is just He's put his hands. Yeah, shakes the ropes, does does his little uh, shoulder press thing mm-hmm. with the he, where he shoulder shoulder presses the air. Yep. Uh, but yeah, like you were saying, this was really the first time that WrestleMania got some critical acclaim because just the year before, uh, it was declared you know, WrestleMania Five was declared the worst major wrestling show of 1989 yes, for the Wrestling Observer. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but this. Like you said, the, the main event got so much uh, good publicity, so much good press, just because you know you have two people with such limitations in the ring. Right. And let, let's not kid ourselves. Neither of those two guys could work. No. A a even even a decent match. No. But in a brilliant set of booking, they played both of those guys to their strengths and their strengths alone. Yeah. There was no moment where either of them could have been put in a position where they would have to do something that they were uncomfortable doing. No, it was very smart. The whole the whole match was very smart, and because they're, they're both run by charisma and basically colored flamboyancy, so we don't want to see them trying to suplex each other and countering each other with with all kinds of moves. Like that's not what we want to see, and we didn't see much of that. It was a lot of it was just the whole thing was smart. Yeah, and even I was uh, was you know hyped for the match watching it. You know, I'm sitting in my little you know, bee hut here in Afghanistan on my, you know, sitting on my chair watching it on the TV, and I'm just like, I'm sitting at the edge of my seat watching it. I know who's going to win, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was put together really nicely. The The crowd really helps you get drawn into it, because if it's not for the crowd being as excited and pumped up for this match as they were, you know, you, you would sit back and go, like, if you just watched it, let's say you watched the match with no sound. Just on mute. Mm-hmm. You would not have the same appreciation for it that you do watching it with the sound, with the announcers. You know, amazing announcers. You have, uh, I believe Grilla it was Monsoon. still, yeah, it was Gorilla Monsoon. I think it was still jo- uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, mm-hmm. and and they were a great team. But yeah, uh, it, it was just everything came together perfectly. And I just, I don't understand how they can take something like that, such a really good event and such a a decent enough card with a very good ending, and then fuck it up like they do in 7. So, I was, I'm glad you bring that up, because Because I don't like 7 at all. I like some of the things that happen in 7, but the event is atrocious, the attendance record was awful. I mean, they still filled out the arena, but they, they used the, such a small arena that it's the smallest well, crowd ever. they had ever. to change the arena because they were going to use the L.A. Coliseum, but they they claimed for security reasons, mm-hmm. however, they, they – yeah. Yeah, they claimed Sergeant Slaughter's gimmick, right? Yeah, okay. Right. Okay, so bad bad planning, whatever. You weren't going to sell out the arena at all. But, I mean, it, that just goes back to doing your work six, eight months beforehand and building your feuds up like we see now. This wasn't done back then. Very few and far between. And plus, it was such a cheap way to try and build heat oh. is to turn so like that. It was it was cheap. That's exactly was, the word I was going to say. This is it weak, was cheap booking. Gaudy. It was weak. It was just it was trash. Right. It was trashy booking. Right. For for context, for those of you that don't know the yes, era, this is explain. when this is Sergeant Slaughter, who had been a very very much a fan favorite for years leading up to this, and then when he returned, it was a GI Joe come to life essentially, right. and that worked for back then. But uh, yeah. his return was at also at the time of the first 
Iraq War, the Gulf, the Gulf War, and they made him into an Iraqi sympathizer, basically, to turn him completely heel. Obviously, people were going to boo the shit out of him. And they, of course, used the opposite of that, which was Hulk Hogan, to defeat the great Sergeant Slaughter. Surprise, surprise. Right, so let's get him. Hulk Hogan, the real American <laughs> hero. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it was rather weak. They made they put the they put the title on Sergeant Slaughter, so they had him going in as champion. Just a, a bigger way to end. To have a yeah, they had him be warrior. They had him take mm-hmm. the belt off the warrior. So that 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 was rather cheap. Some of this card is good though. I like seeing the rockers on here. For me, it's really good to see Kerry Von Erich on a WrestleMania card. But I, I want to say this. Hmm. Let, let let me be the one that says this interesting fact. Okay. This was the debut. Okay. So of the Undertaker. Good, good. Let's get it. He wrestled Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Yes, this is not his debut, but this is his WrestleMania. His debut. WrestleMania the start debut. Of the yes. 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 The streak is Undertaker. Undertaker is the streak. Undertaker is WrestleMania. You just named a whole bunch of facts. I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know you're an Undertaker guy, but when I when when I saw him come out, I I have to admit, like, because this was the Undertaker that I grew up watching mm-hmm. and that I imitated. He was the first ever wrestler I imitated, and I would I would pu- I would grab my gloves. I'm doing it right now, as if you could see me. Yes, I can anyone see. listening can see me. But I'm grabbing my gloves and I would pull them down and just you know do the eye rolling mm-hmm. thing. This was great. Are you done? It was a squat. It was a glorified squash. Anyway, yes, I'm done. Okay, so good. Like I was saying, I was highlighting a couple of key takeaways from this for me. Was Sorry. the appearance of, of Kerry Von Erich. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get into him in general, but the Texas Tornado does get a victory at WrestleMania. We get the British Bulldog going single here against the Warlord. It's after this event that we get to see Bret Hart start to go into his singles career. So uh, there's there's some good stuff in here. And obviously there's the Warrior versus Savage, which I know you want to talk about, so we can start oh, there yes. if you want. So uh, that's a good one to watch. But yeah, Super uh, so too. oh yeah, very good. It was it was a lot longer than what you would expect it to be, uh, given WWF's penchant for really cutting matches short. But yeah, uh, I, I like how you brought up you know British Bulldog, uh, Davy Boy Smith, you know him, him getting a big singles win at WrestleMania or uh, singles moment. Mm-hmm. At WrestleMania, but yeah, the the real seminal moment in this, I I I, you, I could do without Hogan. I can do without Sergeant Slaughter. Yep. Uh, the whole that whole thing could have just you know been done away, and this could have been the main event: Warrior versus Savage. And not only was it an amazing match, it's probably was you know second best match of WrestleMania history at this point in time. Okay. Behind Savage and Steamboat, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the build was perfect. You had all the characters playing their parts perfectly. I mean, towards the end, Warrior got weird, talking to his hands and talking to the sky. It was it was weird, but I mean, it all it, it seemed like he had given up on himself because yeah, when 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 Savage kicked out of that first splash, I I, I jumped out of my seat. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know. I guess like the the little kid in me was coming out, and when Savage kicked out, I just could not believe it. Right. The the story they tell is much better than the, the actual in ring work because this is it's a better story. 
than really anything that well, I thought the in-ring work was pretty good actually I'm not saying it was bad this is one of Warrior's better I think works in the ring Savage can put on work I think anywhere but yeah. you don't really expect Ultimate Warrior to go in and put on an amazing technical match but the story was better than the work I was saying I enjoyed how they went back and forth with the psychology more than I liked the technical aspects of it but uh, that that kick out and then all those elbows man all those macho elbows he, yes, he took five, five elbows Five bombs away, just and then in a row, in a row. Yeah. He, it's not like he hit it and then pinned him, hit it, then pinned. No, he hit him five in a row, and then Warrior just kicks out like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. And the, the build-up to this was, of course, it was a retirement match, so with the loser would have right. to retire. And I like, I like the win for Warrior. I love Savage better as a face than I do a heel. So I like him going back that way. We get this is one of those moments right here. This is oh, this bigger, this moment than anything is is when we get Elizabeth coming back into the ring. She kind of kicks Queen Sherry's ass real quick because she's all in Savage's business after he so, loses. So so the build up to that is they're they're sitting there. It's, it's Gorilla Monsoon and and Bobby Heenan, and you know they just they just start pointing, and Gorilla Monsoon's like, "What are, what are you doing?" And sure enough, there there's Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And you know, after the match, uh, Queen Sherry's just beating the the bricks off of uh, Savage, and you know Elizabeth just can't take it anymore. Yeah, and you know goes in and just throws Sherry out of the ring. You know, there's about there's a little build up to Savage, I guess remembering where he was, you know, yeah. seeing clearly, and you just when they, when they embrace, you just see the they they pan into the crowd and. And, you know, people, people are crying. Cry. People literally. You know, cry. This, this is this is a real emotion. This is a this Love is it. like that real moment of WrestleMania that just that just draws you in and makes you, you know, it, watching it makes me remember why I love pro wrestling. Yeah, the emotion. It's because you get out. sucked into. It. Yeah, absolutely. It's it it real, reminds real me of my favorite WrestleMania moments. You know, and just how emotionally involved I was in them. Yeah. That was the biggest takeaway for me was was actually the moment because it's something they always go back and and remind us of when we talk about WrestleMania moments because I don't care that Hogan beat Slaughter. No big surprise. The match was way too long. It should have been a 10-minute match, and that's really all I needed to see. And aside from that, you know, there's a couple of our favorite guys on here that we get to see work a little bit, but that's that was really Really, after after this, like, eight and nine are just, just awful. There's, yeah, because, I mean, we're going to talk about Sid Vicious, and anytime we talk about Sid Vicious or Sid Justice, it's not a good situation, but we can no. move on to it to get through it, because uh, seven, seven Yeah, let's just good. push through these next two. the card would have been a lot better, because I think it could have been one of the best WrestleManias of all time, but I'm glad the moment yes. was there, at least. So It, it definitely could have been, it's just the main event left a lot to be desired. Right, so we're moving on. WrestleMania 8 now, we're in 1992. Bubs, I'm two years old. Like, oh, um, hey, me get, too. I'm, I'm right there. I'm a wrestling with... fan. So this yes, is a, I am. Vince does a little better job here the, of the booking of the place because we get a 62,000 uh, attendance here in the Hoosier Dome in old, good old Indianapolis. Oh, yes. And, um, and this is my biggest gripe. Like, I wanted to see Flair versus Hogan, even though I know Hogan isn't the best worker. I think him and Flair could have had, like, one of those iconic one-on-one matches that would have left – you know, that lasting image in our head forever at one of the biggest right. events because Flair, prior to being here, was is the greatest 
world champion of all time when he was and in Flair the wanted that match. That was something that he came to WWF for. Right, but that means with Vince, Vince wanting to put Sid Justice into the storyline because of his look. Uh, I get it. The dude's like 6'10", 6'9", whatever. Real good, tall look. Vince likes those tall dudes, but to get him involved in a significant storyline. But you miss the opportunity. So... Yes, but I don't, I don't like it. We got Savage versus Flair as a consolation prize. We did, and if and that that's my consolation good. consolation prize, uh, I think I'm okay with it. Oh yeah, I definitely. and you got Savage winning another WWF title. We do, but what do you know? That match is like in the middle, late. I know. Card, and this, Hogan this is the really started event. that trend. You know where, how I like good proper booking yep, on the card. Yep. The, mm. the, the the title needs to be the main event. It does. I agree with you. I I am always in agreement with you on that. But this is really the this is the first time, and then we just start seeing it a lot after this, where the the title is not defended yeah. in the main event. Let me try to be positive for a second. You get your boy Shawn Michaels nope. here in singles. Yes, work. I do. He wins finally. Uh, no Tito surpri- Santana. Yeah, that's right. No surprise. The Undertaker beats Jake Roberts. Uh, like I said, uh, after last year, Bret Hart did go singles world, so he gets the Intercontinental title here. Great Ooh, match for him really in the mid-card. Really, really good, good match. Really good match with Probably uh, the match of the, match of the card, yes. uh, even though Flair and Savage obviously are going to compete with that pretty well. But um, that match is there with Savage and Flair for the title. And then, I mean, I, I feel like I, I should watch more Tatanka matches because I think I might actually like what he does in the ring. Tatanka is not you know, bad worker. I, I like him. Yeah. I like him now. I liked him when I was younger. He has a good look, and you know mm-hmm. he puts in a pretty good work rate. Uh, he yeah. has he has a really good match at uh, WrestleMania nine with Shawn Michaels. Uh, interesting fact: this. He beat uh, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, well, yes, because Shawn Michaels yeah. never wins at <laughs> WrestleMania. Don't need him to win. <laughs> no, but he he ha- he started off WrestleMania six, seven, and eight in a row. No, mm. seven, eight, and nine. That's- Love it. So, yeah, a lot of love for Sean, except he loses. He's won one out of four matches so far. Good start. Um, yeah. to, to put a little more emphasis on that Bret Hart-Piper match, it is voted as one of the top 20 WrestleMania matches of all time. And, yes. and PWI also considered it a top 10 match in one of the matches of the year. That I really year. like the ending where uh, Piper was going to hit him with the uh, ring mm-hmm. bell. Right. And then, you know, kind of listens to the crowd. It's kind of like a, a face turn almost. Uh, listens to the crowd, is just like, no, I, I don't need it. I'm not going to hit him with it. And then gets yeah. uh, that kind of it's, weird it's pin up. off the turnbuckle. Yeah. It wasn't a roll-up. He, he like, I mean, shot pin, up. Off, yeah. But he it looked like he had, like, a bulldog. But then yeah. uh, Bret Hart went on the turnbuckle, went over uh, behind him and pinned him. It was, it was an interesting – I like the finish. I thought the finish was really – Really interesting. And they actually embrace each other after this. You see Piper not being such a heel dick anymore and actually going to go out kind of holding each other because I think he was probably impressed with how good Bret Hart actually was in the ring because well, from, of that. From, from my research, what, I, what I'm, you know, read and heard and all that is that, you know, Piper really thought that Bret was the future and the, the now. Like, mm-hmm. he, he really made a push for, you know, Bret to be the top guy you know he he could see it in him that this is going to be the future of the company and that there's no point in waiting for it you know let's do it now yeah yeah let's just go ahead and do it and this was the start of that this was the start of his big main event push oh yeah we get to see a lot more Bret Howard after this as we do Shawn Michaels because they the build starts with them working in the mid card right now but 
Like yes. you said, without them going over properly over bigger guys, they aren't going to become stars when they need to be, which they kind of falter a little bit later on with that. But yeah. aside from that, uh, the end of the card, it's all fucked up. Like Papa Shango Papa comes Shango. in, right? He comes in late <laughs> or something stupid, and it didn't work out. Uh, I think he, he was supposed to come out and cause a distraction that would, uh, you know, lead to Sid Vicious winning because Hogan was going to drop the leg yeah. and then Papa Shango was going to, yes, but Papa Shango was nowhere to be found. So Sid, Sid had to improvise and he kick out. out. That's right. Not supposed yes. to kick out of that thing. Nope. And so, yeah. And then all of a sudden you see him come running down the, running down the runway. You, with that, Oh shit. Look in his face. Yeah. And, Oh, yeah. it was a mess. It was, it was a, a hot I hate, I hate that mess. match being on the end of the card. We get warrior coming back out. Big pop, he gets to save home, yeah. you know. It's you know cheap cheap way to get the crowd back into it. But, eight months, uh, he was eight months away, and then uh, comes back to save his old enemy. Yeah, I wish I cared about that end of the card. I don't at all. I don't. There's really not a whole lot I don't even want to say because that's really it. So if you're good with that, so one, yes, thank God we're done with that one. Yeah, go uh, watch Hart versus the... Piper. Go watch Savage versus Flair, and uh, we'll, and if we'll you want, go there. watch Sean make his you know big singles. <clears throat> Just saying. That, that and that was back when uh, was Sherry was the one that sang the intro song. That's right. No good. Uh, it was it was trash. <laughs> uh, speaking of trash, uh, I believe our last one for the day, WrestleMania nine, which in my opinion, with WrestleMania twenty seven, are the two worst, or two of the worst, WrestleManias, post like the yeah with the first you know three three or four, you've got some growing pains with it. Yep. Uh, so you, you got a little bit of leeway. WrestleMania 9 and 27 are just, to me, the worst. The worst of the worst. Yeah, this is my second worst WrestleMania. I hate 11 okay. more than I hate this one, so this one I think Ooh. is absolute, okay. absolute garbage. Uh, I didn't uh, mind 11 as much as you, I guess. Okay, well, a lot of the reviewers and the people that are critical of events like these that actually write blogs and this is their life felt the same wow. way. They like hated this isn't thing. our life or something. Okay, no, no, yeah. no. You're right. I, know, I wish we were. I wish we you were are, published. No, you are absolutely right. I our opinions we were mean nothing. I'm just doing this, you know, because I'm, I like wasting my fucking time. Okay, so what? Well, when you're done with that, let me know. One. Right, okay. Uh, I would. I would like to make, you know, some, you know, give my interesting facts about this one. Okay. Uh, this was Jim Ross's big old WWF debut. <laughs> What was he and wearing? he's coming out a, t- a toga, Bubs. He was wearing a toga, mm. along with Finkus Maximus. Mm. Max, I, I want that to, to settle in for you a bit. I don't want that to be on this, but okay. Uh, it was the only WrestleMania event held entirely outdoors. It wasn't like a stadium or anything. It was like, I hated it, either okay. way. And... Rikishi made his WrestleMania debut as part of the Head Shrinker. He was Head Shrinker Fatu. Okay, so you, you, sound, you sound pretty positive on this one. You're sounding good here. Nope, nope. That's all the positive I got is that those those fun little facts. Other okay. than that, this this card was trash. Okay. Uh, can I go ahead and or or should I wait for the Hogan talk? Uh, let's let's get through the bottom here real quick, and then we'll okay. talk about Hogan. I think. All uh, right. So we've got. Shawn Michaels versus Tatanka, which we mentioned previously, which 
serviceable match. I mean, yep, Sean, it's almost yeah, it's almost impossible for Shawn Michaels to have a bad. Even when he tries to have a bad match, yeah. like he did with Hogan, it turns out great. Match was oh. uh, the match was really long. It was eighteen plus minutes, and it, it's it's not too bad. Uh, I hate a count out ending like that. I you know I want Tatanka to win that match and take the title, but that's okay. Uh, the Steiner brothers, man, here we go. Yeah, Rick and Ooh. Scott, they were not bad at what they did. No, and and sometimes it's hard to remember that they were actually in the WWF. You're right, and this is the biggest physical transformation of a body ever is Scott Steiner. So oh you get, my if, if you don't recognize him here, don't be surprised. You're not the only person. So it's really him. whatever he was, whatever was in that needle that was being mm. shot in his butt. Yeah, I would love to find out. Right, because I would like some of that. So that worked out. They they do beat the head shrinkers. Not, not that I'm you know no, you do. implying anything. But, you want that? You know. but, yeah, we, absolutely. We've uh, we've previously bashed Doink the Clown quite a bit, so here he is. Oh and yeah, him we and Crush did. had a feud going. So uh, uh, I forgot about that. Did, did you know that Crush was supposed to be like a huge single star? Like he he was. They Vince thought of him as a possible replacement for Hogan. Well, he got the singles push at WrestleMania events because he gets really good yep. booking, but not here. But no. uh, he gets savage later. Mm. But my little Razor Ramon, you want some of that? No, I, I like Razor. Razor's good. There's a lot of really good people There's good on people this card. In this card, right? Good people on this card, and a lot of trash booking. Tell on me this why card. Lex Luger making his debut would beat Kurt Hennig, Mister Perfect. Why would Brutus the Barber Beefcake beat Kurt Henning? Why would Kurt Henning ever the first lose a person? Match? Right? That's that's also my thought. Because he's so good, and the best, unfortunately, are better at putting people over than they are at actually winning. Look at Shawn Michaels. Many consider him, him and Ric Flair, as you know, two of the best in-ring workers of all time. Yeah. No one lost as much. As Shawn Michaels did. Ric Flair won 16 world titles. He had to lose it 15 times. Yep. You know, like the best are as good as they are because they make others around them look better. Look like a million bucks. Lex Luger never looked good in the ring. Physically, yes. I'm not. But, in uh, WCW, he didn't have like his pre WWF run in WCW mm-hmm. wasn't too bad. He was the U.S. champ. He had some good matches. He was in the Wolf Pack, and uh, let's talk about his NWO that, stuff if you want to talk about that. That's his second WCW oh, run. Oh, we're talking about that. Okay. No. He was god-awful once he got into the WWF and beyond. Okay. Well, there I he don't is. Know anyway, what... he beats Mr. Perfect, so let's look and feed yes. about that one later. Of course, The Undertaker has his worst match ever uh, against Giant, Giant Gonzalez. This uh, what is that? What is that? People viciously attacked this match because it was awfully booked. And uh, just, just weak. Chloroform? Was, Are we? Yeah, ether, chloroform, <laughs> some shit. <laughs> it was, it was bad. But the worst of all. Yes. Can, can I just please can, let me you have? You can go ahead and do this. Put a, give, okay. a little, give Bret Hart a little love, and then go ahead and yes. put it down. The worst of all, Bret Hart, my my guy. So yeah, I I want to give him a lot of love, and you know he was the WWF champion, deservedly so. And he's going up against Yokozuna, you know, who who's decently booked. You know, he, he's believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I have no issues with this match. 
Then you have Mr. Fuji, you know, interfering. It's cheap. Yeah. Yokozuna wins. All of a sudden, this must have been money in the bank or something. Hogan must have must have won a one in the bank ladder match without us knowing. Yeah. Because he comes out and he gets a a title match. He comes out to save Brett, and Brett's like, "Go get him, cheap." Yeah, you you got him, Tiger. Mm. And Hogan's like, "I'm gonna wrestle you for the title, brother." And uh, one leg drop later, Hogan's the WWF champion. Yeah, I can't imagine Bret Hart would have liked for the last time. No, he doesn't. I mean, if you've read his book, he's written many books and have has had many he, he bitter. He a lot of people, but bitter, yeah, it, it's probably Seth Rollins as this well. This is likely honestly. a Seth Rollins job here. But this is garbage. Anyway. This was this was this was oh, pandering, garbage. pandering to the Hogan ego. And this is exactly what I was talking about earlier. Too much of this. Too much Hogan. Too yeah. much of this. You know, he, I, I don't know what it was. I don't know if he had like some kind of. And this was around the same time as, you know, the whole steroid issue was happening. Oh, yeah. And so Hogan was getting ready to leave the company soon anyway. Why take this opportunity where you can build a new star and yeah. use it to do this? It's beyond me. I mean, but they already, they already made Brett champion, which was a good step forward, but... I don't even. I mean, having Yokozuna win clean is even a good idea. I think that's fine. Yeah. But I mean, Brett then chase the title for the next few months. He had to chase it after that, and he gets it back, which is great. But what they didn't gain anything from giving this to Hogan. Like there was nothing added to this. There was the crowd. Sure, the crowd popped for it at the end that wanted it, but it was so gross to see that he can just walk out there and be Hulk Hogan and say. Hey Yokozuna, I'm gonna beat you. And there, Fuji's like, "You're on." Okay. But that was like it. That's like the the shit that ECW used to uh, do, where you know the heel would come out, beat up the Tommy Dreamer who had just won the title, and yeah. you know demand a title match, and they'd be like, "Ring the bell, no. I can do it." Cheap. It's trash. I, that there was it was a cheap way to get a pop. I, I wonder if like Vince realized that man, this is terrible. Well, what we're doing here is not good. I hope he saw something. Let's send Hogan out. I don't know what the well, I don't know what the gain was from it. Like, what did he give them as champion again going forward? Because he didn't stay in the company much long after this. No, he so, he was gone to WCW soon. It's wasted because this takes away Yokozuna's ability to work as a heel and be the champion because he finds his ass in tag team matches in the rest of the WrestleMania he's in. So, uh, after 10, so... Uh, yeah, because he, he was with Owen Hart. Yeah. As tag team champion. Yeah, they do that going forward. Yeah. So, I don't know, I didn't like it. We'll get into that in the next episode, but in general, this one was... This one is garbage, but it's highly regarded by everyone as one of the worst ones of, of all time because it just doesn't flow. I think the buy rates were trash on this one as well. And yes, it's the last one, one of the of worst buy rates. Last Hogan yep. we get until, uh, I think, uh, 19, 18, 18 when 18 he faces the Rock. So good separation. Was it? Man, yeah. you're right, because 19 was Rock and Stone Cold right. so, last time. Good stuff here. Go yeah. Um, giant man. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of thick WrestleMania talk we did here, Bubs. But it's good. Uh, like I said, we'll get into it again on part two. We'll be booking. Uh, we'll be, do a little bit of a change of era after this one. We'll be getting into 
to number 10. To that new generation right. time frame. There'll be some new stuff that we'll talk about that. We'll talk and we'll get into a lot of, uh, a, lot of Shawn stuff, Michaels. a lot of Shawn Michaels, a lot of Stone Cold towards the end of what we'll be talking about. So look forward to episode two. Absolutely. Uh, this, this was, you know, this was a lot of fun. Honestly, I'm glad we got these out of the way first mm. and that we can, you know, start focusing on some really good ring work here in this next episode. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we are Collar and Elbow Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search at CAE Wrestling. As always, we love hearing from you guys. We love getting suggestions. Uh, just just hit us up on Facebook. Tell us, tell us what you want to hear. And tell us about your favorite moments from the first nine WrestleManias. I think it's it's been a fun trip so far for us. Uh, I highly recommend all of you going back and watching all of them from the beginning, just like we're doing. Also, hit us up on Twitter with the you know, same information on Facebook. You know, give us give us suggestions. We absolutely love hearing from you guys and you know talking to you, getting feedback because that's what helps us grow into the show that all of you want to listen to. As always. We do this for the love of wrestling, and together we can make wrestling great again.